like that. You want to Hello, try everybody, that. and welcome it's to this Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. I hope you all are having a fantastic day and having a fantastic week. Welcome to this hump day edition of the greatest show you've never listened to, the Logan Blackman Show. Before we get into what we're going to talk about today, make sure you follow Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, the only way you know what I'm saying at this exact moment is if you are subscribed and or following the Apple Podcasts and Spotify accounts. So with that being said, you can find me on Twitter at Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram account is Blackman Logan with the show's Instagram account being the Logan Blackman Show 1. Facebook and YouTube, search Logan Blackman Show. Make your make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and like and follow the Facebook page. You can check out videos on both platforms. You can check out, I guess you can check out videos and links on every single platform here. But the main thing is, in case you don't have social media, the main thing is that you follow the Logan Blackman Show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's the only way you know what I'm saying right now. The only way. Now, I would appreciate it if you guys left a rating out of five stars and left a description down below on why you feel the way you do. It doesn't need to be a five-star rating. It could be a one-star rating if you really want to. But if you do leave a one-star rating, I would just love to know why it's a one-star rating. So just let, just let me know down below, and I'd greatly appreciate it. I'd much rather, deserve, much rather have a five-star rating, but we will, we'll see how you, how you think of today's episode. Now, there's a thing that's been going on around recently, or that, that kind of popped up in the news cycle yesterday here in the state of Iowa, and it's it was pretty big. It was pretty big. If you've listened to the show since last fall, you have heard me bitch complain about this topic numerous times on the show. Numerous times. Every single Monday. Every single Monday. Or if it, was, it wasn't on a Monday, it was on Wednesday. And if it wasn't on Wednesday, well, gosh darn it, it was on a Friday. Because this is something that happened every single week that was beyond frustrating. And if you know what I'm about to say, <laughs> based off of the context clues I provided you, you would know that the Iowa Hawkeyes, God's team, America's team, real America's team, they are, um, they gave Brian Ferentz a, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Would you call it a contract? I don't, I don't know what it is. They basically restructured his contract. I don't know the exact terminology here. I don't have all the legal jargon written down and everything, but it's a, it's, it's weird. They called it an amendment? They amended his contract? They basically just restructured his contract, essentially. And Scott Docterman, yesterday, tweeted out, Iowa announces amendments to Brian Ferentz's employment. Salary of $850,000 is effective February 1st. Effective February 1st, 2023. Down 50K from 2022. It's fair. I think you should be docked points or docked money if you are not doing your job correctly or doing your job very well. This is the thing that's the kicker, though. It's not really the, the salary that's the issue here. It's not the salary. The, the thing that's on here that makes this interesting, designated performance objectives for the 2023 season include an average of at least 25 points per game and a minimum of seven wins. The thing that's dumb <laughs> about this is that if you watched Iowa last year, and I'm well aware Iowa's going to be somewhat of a different team next year, especially offensively with the upgrade at quarterback. I'm not sitting here and saying, like, I've been on the show talking about Cade McNamara before. I, like every Iowa fan out there, is really excited for Cade McNamara to come in. But the problem is, the thing that I have an issue with at this point in time, is that I think people are, like, thinking that they're getting Joe Burrow or something like that. Like, this is the guy that got benched for J.J. McCarthy, and it wasn't really that it was performance-based and why he got benched. J.J. McCarthy can just do more 
and Michigan's offense, and we saw that as the season progressed this year while J.J. McCarthy was the starter here at Michigan. You saw it in the game against Ohio State. You saw it against the game against TCU. You saw it in the game against, um, uh, who do they play in the Big Ten Championship? Uh, Purdue. He had one really bad interception in the game against Purdue. He played not great, but played all right against TCU in the semifinal game. But you could see the things that he could implement that Cade McNamara just can't, couldn't do. Like, Jaden McCarthy was bigger. He had a stronger arm, and he was faster. And he was a blue-chip prospect. He was a blue-chip prospect, which is very big, especially when the donors get involved. Like, hey, buddy, uh, we paid this guy a lot of money <laughs> to come up here. So we, we, need to see, uh, we need to see him play. And Cade McNamara, I think he had like 17 touchdowns, five picks last year, something along those lines. That's not going to cut it to Michigan fans. Like, Cade McNamara is not a freaking statue. It's not like we're sitting here watching paint dry or something when Cade McNamara moving in the pocket. No, 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 no. He's just not as mobile as McCarthy is. He doesn't have as strong of an arm as J.J. McCarthy. And not all those traits equally make you a great quarterback. I just want to say that here. I don't want it, like, when I talk about Trey Lance versus Brock Purdy, doesn't mean when I talk about Trey Lance is more athletic, stronger, and bigger, younger. All those factors are big, but if he can't grasp the offense or he doesn't be, if he can't run it the way Purdy did or how Shanahan's wanting it, which Trey Lance, which we talked about before, is not a quarterback that Kyle Shanahan necessarily wants or needs in his offense, which is why he wanted Mac Jones and why he was linked to Kirk Cousins a lot. Like, just because you're all of that does not make you the better option at quarterback. It's just who can develop the offense better, who can run the offense better. And with McCarthy versus McNamara, McNamara just got shortchanged. They had the exact same season, essentially, pretty close, except they're more, what do you want to call it? They're more, they, they can do more, I guess, which is the benefit of having this type of quarterback. But McNamara getting benched, not really playing this year. He got the first game of the start, the first game of the season. I'm pretty sure out of pity. We talked about that at the the beginning of the season. It was like we all know. Like you can go back to the before the season started. Everybody and their mom knew JJ McCarthy was going to be the starting quarterback for Michigan this year. They did this whole thing about there's going to be an open quarterback battle. I'm sure just to save face and just to make sure JJ Cade McNamara did not feel disrespected because he was the starting quarterback of a team that went to the Big Ten championship game and won the Big Ten championship game in convincing fashion over the Iowa Hawkeyes. One of the worst games I've ever watched, but no one was really surprised about that result because Iowa, I think, was a 13-point underdog in that game, 14-point underdog. Absolutely blitzed. Terrible line, bad quarterback play mixed with Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo with Daxton Hill in the back half. Yeah, it's a, it's not really a recipe for success. But back to the original thing, talking about Cade McNamara and this offense, you're not getting at this point in time, now he can become this. And I'm sure under the tutelage of Brian Ferentz, he will definitely become the next Joe Burrow, a guy that lost his starting job. Joe Burrow lost his because he got hurt, and then Dwayne Haskins came in, took the job, ran with it, set a bunch of Big Ten passing records for freshmen. Maybe just all-time records as well. Maybe just all-time records. I can't remember if it was just specifically freshman passing records or if it was just like every Big Ten passing record. But Dwayne Haskins had an insane year at Ohio State. I'm sure in hindsight they wish they had to. Like you look at what Joe Burrow has done in that time the, the, while he was at college. Like, yeah, you probably want Joe Burrow back then. But he lost his job, transferred to a school where it was basically considered quarterback graveyard. It was quarterback career suicide going down to LSU. And then Burrow transformed into this insane quarterback, and now we're constantly talking about him being a top three quarterback in the NFL. Which is funny. I, I just thought of this. I mean, just talking about Burrow. We went from in the span of a week, and we'll talk about the Super Bowl here in a little bit, but we went from in the span of a week talking about if, if Burrow beats Mahomes – if the Bengals beat the Chiefs, 
Burrow is better than Mahomes to this week talking about if Mahomes wins the Super Bowl, he's better than Brady. That's what we're talking about. Like I, I just this just registered with me right now. Talking about Joe Burrow right now and everything about talking about everybody talking about Mahomes being better than Brady. I just saw someone say crown him on social media if he wins the Super Bowl. Like we really went from one drastic thing to the other. Like Mahomes was going to be behind Burrow if he lost last week, and now we're talking about he's the greatest <laughs> in the span. I guess in two weeks, span of a week and a half, span of two weeks. Ridiculous. I don't understand how that all works, but McNamara will help this offense. He will help the offense because it's once you've hit ground floor, it's hard to go even lower than that. I mean, Iowa d- tried their damnedest to get lower than that last year with some of the offensive play we saw, like games against South Dakota State, Iowa State, Illinois, like games like that made you really question your your lifelong affiliation with Iowa, which is not for me. I was only an Iowa fan since... I was only an Iowa fan from when I was born till about uh, 2018 because then I transferred to UNI and then I had to cut all the ties there. But McNamara, he's just a fine quarterback. He's just a fine quarterback. I don't want to sit here and act like, oh, he's the second coming of Jesus Christ or second coming of Joe Burrow or whatever court transfer quarterbacks there have been in the past that have worked out significantly and make the team that he transferred from look stupid. I'm not saying he can't do that, but the, 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 the evidence is kind of leaning in my favor that it's not going to happen. Just based off what Iowa's offense is. Now, bringing in Eric All is going to be big. Uh, Johnson will get a larger role in the offense, especially as, as the team's running back. He he saw that role increase as the season progressed. Had, obviously, that 200-yard rushing game last year. Balled out towards the end of the season. But Iowa's receivers are a little bit waney. The offensive line still has got his question marks. And most importantly, Brian Ferentz is still the offensive coordinator. But with this whole clause thing, or these amendments that have taken place, these designated performance objectives for Brian Ferentz, Iowa has proven in the past however many years they don't need to go 25 score 25 points a game go to a Big Ten championship. Hell, they didn't do that last year when they went to the Big Ten championship game. Their offense went down significantly from last, the year before to this year. But they were did they what did they average the season prior to that? Like you look at 2021 season. Hold on. I don't remember exactly what how many points they averaged that season. Total yards and then go to points per game. Iowa averaged 23 points a game. And these performance injectives, seven wins, 25 points a game. You look at Iowa's schedule this year, there's no reason that they really should not hit these marks. Like, Iowa's schedule, comparatively to what it was last year, is cake. It really is. Like, Utah State. They're not Utah. They're not the same Utah State we saw the past however many years. They were not, they were not very good this year. Then Iowa State. Who knows what they're going to be next year? They could be good. They could be. But who knows? They just went, what, 3-9, last year? So we'll have to see on that. Western Michigan, if Iowa cannot struggle against another MAC team. I, I refuse to believe they'll struggle this game. Penn State will be tough. Going to Happy Valley. I'm sure that game will be at night. Then Michigan State, Purdue will be a little interesting one. I mean, Charlie Jones won't be there. Aiden O'Connell won't be there. So we'll see how that one works out. Wisconsin. Who's their quarterback this year? Because it's not Graham Mertz. He transferred to Florida. I don't remember. Either way, should have no problems really there. Iowa should beat Wisconsin. Iowa should beat Minnesota at home. Northwestern is in is at Wrigley Field. Then Rutgers, Illinois, Nebraska. Nebraska, did you get Jeff Sims? I believe they got Jeff Sims from Georgia Tech. So that could be interesting to see how he gets implemented in there. But this is not something that they could. I, I, it's just weird. 
It's just really, really weird. I hate that this is a thing that's happening where there's these performance-based objectives. Like, just fire the guy. Just, just fire the guy. You don't need these performance-based objectives. Like, you just scroll on social media. There ain't nobody that, that's happy with this entire thing. And the dumb thing about this is, if you watched Iowa last year, like, just watched Iowa last year, there are specific games, like the game against South Dakota State, the game we just brought up a little bit ago, where Iowa did not score an offensive touchdown. They did not score an offensive touchdown in the game. They won 7-3. It's like there are numerous times throughout the rest of the season where it's like, oh, here's all these defensive scores or all these different special team scores because Iowa's guaranteed essentially a pick six every year, a pick six every single season. You look at the game against Minnesota. Jack Campbell's interception basically sealed the game. Like this is a the, this is not the thing that's annoying about that whole thing with the score thing. It's not indicative on if the offense does well. Iowa's defense proved last year that they can both play defense and offense. Like, do you remember the thing I talked about during the season where it was, um, oh, who was it? That What game was it? What game was it? Hold on. I got to try and remember which game this was. I think it was Wisconsin. I think it was Wisconsin. Hold on. Yeah, hold on here. Wait, so... I'm pretty sure last year, in the game against Wisconsin, Iowa had little to no offense in that game. Little to no offense, which is, color me shocked. Yeah, I know. It was really, really shocking stuff. Yeah, 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 it was this one. November 12th. It was that weekend. Because Wisconsin, uh, the Iowa won 24-10. Very impressive stuff. 24-10, went over Wisconsin. Iowa had a whopping 146 yards of total offense in this game. 146 yards of total offense. In this game, <laughs> you were treated to a Cooper DeGene interception return for a touchdown while also having 82 yards returning as well. This was a game <laughs> where Iowa won 24-10. In that same weekend, Nebraska lost 34-3 against Michigan. And you want to know what's crazy? They had the exact same number of yards. The exact same number of yards. One team scored three. The other one scored 24. Because Iowa had so many yards on interception returns for, or interceptions. And then you had the kick returns, punt returns. Like, this is not based on the offense. Them having 25 points next season per game is not indicative on if this offense scores or not. Because as we learned last year, you get <laughs> Iowa can score in any facet. Just barely offense. Iowa last season. So this is what the, the improvement will have to be going from last season to next season, averaging 25 points a game. Iowa averaged 17.7 points per game. Just below Boston College, a team that won three or four games last year, and just above Rutgers, 17.7 points a game. To average 25 points a game, the team that had the low 25 exactly was Arkansas State. Then we had Rice, Southern Miss, New Mexico State, and Troy. Those are teams that average 25 points a game. That is it. 25 points a game. Like, those are the schools you got to compete with for Brian Ferentz to meet this contra contractual obligation or whatever you want to call it. Like, it just doesn't make... Uh, I, I, 
it's weird because the goal is so low, but the thing is, I do not know if they can do this whatsoever. Because it's not I it's not their offense. If they had the defense play offense, let's put it like this. They had the defense play offense, I think Iowa would still score more points than the offense does. If Phil Parker was calling the offense with the defense on the field running as the offense. If Brian Ferentz doesn't meet the designated performance objection, objectives, the agreement will terminate on June 30th, 2024. Kirk anticipates no changes in the coaching staff. That was last week. I, I just don't understand. I don't understand. I know there's people that are going to be excited for next season. I am too. I'm excited to see what Cade McNamara can do. I'm I'm ready for things to be washed away from last year's season. This is one of those things. So I just watched the uh, the 30 for 30 on the Baltimore Ravens when they won the Super Bowl in 2000. It was one of the greatest defenses of all time. The defense average gave up on average around 10 points a game. That is a record that will stand for a while, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it's an NFL record. I can't remember exactly if it's 100% a record, but it's damn close if it isn't. This team had talent coming out the ass. Like, you had Ray Lewis, young Ray Lewis. You had Rod Woodson, veteran, but Rod Woodson, Hall of Famer. Tony Saragusa, RIP. Chris McAllister at corner. Like, they had so many good players on defense with freaking Marvin Lewis and Jack Del Rio running it. Jack Del Rio was a defense, was the linebackers coach. Marvin Lewis was the D coordinator. Like, this is a defense that just beat up everybody. And you know what's crazy about that defense? And this is what Shannon Sharp said in because Shannon Sharp was the tight end of that team. There was a stretch of games where the Ravens, I believe, didn't score a touchdown for five games. There was a five-game stretch where the Ravens did not score a touchdown. If that offense didn't kick into gear at some point, if they didn't switch their offensive game plan to turn it into a Jamal Lewis show instead of trying to force the quarterbacks to be something that they're not, because Brian Billick came from an offense in Minnesota that had Randy Moss that had Chris Carter, that had Randall Cunningham, that was just lighting up every single record. They went 15-1. and one, And then, of course, lost to the Falcons in the playoffs, going to the Super Bowl. I believe he was the OC for that team. This is not the same team. So you had to adjust. You had to go to your strengths. Go to the run game. They're, if they didn't figure that out, that team doesn't win a Super Bowl, and we're looking at that team completely differently. What could have been? This is an Iowa team with a great defense. Great defense. This Iowa team was fourth in the nation yards given up last year per game. This is an Iowa team that ranked in the top 10 in points allowed per game with 14.4. But the offense was so maligned that they almost wasted that. And they, they pretty much did. They pretty much did waste that. With some of these games that they played last year, these are winnable games. Iowa State, they should have won. Illinois, they should have won. Nebraska, I don't even know what to say about that stupid game. Like Ohio State, Michigan, yeah, washed. Washed. Ohio State especially. Michigan, they had their moments in that game. But like, come on. You cannot be as bad as what you were last year. That's the thing that's giving me, and I'm sure a lot of Iowa fans, hope for next season, is that you can't possibly be as bad as what you were last year. The Baltimore Ravens, after they won the Super Bowl, 
with their maligned offense getting carried by their defense, with Kerry Collins throwing four interceptions in the Super Bowl, and lightly be known, this is a team, the Giants, that blew out the team they played in the NFC Divisional, the championship game. And they lost, what, 34-3 to in the Super Bowl? Kerry Collins threw four interceptions? This is a team that won a Super Bowl by 31 points, if I remember correctly, if that was the score. And they got rid of their quarterback. Trent Dilfer did not play in Baltimore after that. And they brought in Elvis Grabak. Grabak, sorry. And Randall Cunningham. They wanted to get Brad Johnson in, but Brad Johnson didn't go over. He ended up going to Tampa and winning a Super Bowl there. <laughs> uh. It's just, like, how can you possibly look at last season and go, yep, we should keep that. We should definitely keep that going forward. Byron Leftwich, and I understand it's different levels, Byron Leftwich, last offseason, was talking about getting a head coaching job in Jacksonville. This offseason, he's on the market, looking for somewhere else to go. That is in a season. So from August, or not August, let's just go from, I don't know, from May to August, he was a head coaching candidate. And then in January of 2023, he's fired. Again, I understand different levels. I understand different levels of this whole thing. But he was fired. And then you look at, like, Miami. Miami's offense, who wasn't very good given what the expectations were for the Miami Hurricanes this season. With Tyler Van Dyke supposed to be a dark horse Heisman candidate and be one of the favorites for the Heisman Trophy, but be one of the favorites to be one of the top quarterbacks taken in the draft. Like, this is a guy that was destined to have a great year... Mario Cristobal, before he came in last season, said that Tyler Van Dyke was the best quarterback in college football. You want to hap- you want to know what happened this season after Miami had a subpar offensive season with all the hype surrounding them this season? And you can say, well, there was hype around there. There was no hype around Iowa's offense going into the season. Doesn't matter. They averaged 367 yards per game, damn near 668 yards per game. Iowa averaged a whopping 251, right down the middle pretty much, but almost at 252. Miami last year, where'd they go? I lost Miami. Hold on. Miami averaged 23.6 points per game. Iowa averaged 17. One of those teams fired their offensive coordinator. One of those teams fired their offensive coordinator. The other one uh, gave him incentives for his goals he needed to reach going into this next season. And Miami's defense was nowhere as good as Iowa's. Nowhere near. It could have been like a few seasons ago. But you look at Iowa's defense. Iowa's defense gave up 277.9 yards per game. Where's Miami's defense in ranks to all that? They gave up 375.7 yards per game. 375. They almost gave up 100 more yards per game. On average, 100 more yards per game than Iowa's defense. Points per game. Iowa gave up 14.4 points per game. Miami gave up 26.8. So almost two touchdowns more per game. So imagine if Iowa had the good graciousness, good gracious of having Miami's defense last year instead of having the elite unit that they had this year. Would Brian Ferentz have been fired then? 
Because Iowa, I guess you could technically say, oh, Iowa won seven games, or eight games, sorry, because they won the bowl game. They beat Kentucky in the bowl game. Went 21-0 with Chris Rodriguez and Will Levis both sitting out, and Deuce Hogan, who I completely forgot existed, playing in this game as Kentucky's quarterback. And you can go, Iowa had Joey Labas. Yeah, but the, the drop down between Petrus and Labas, and you can throw uh, Padilla in there versus Will Levis and Destin Wade and Deuce Hogan. I mean, let's just put it like this. One of these guys is a potential number one overall draft pick. The other guy is already filing for jobs at the insurance center. This is why he's trying to come back and be a stu- like a player coach thing at Iowa next year, which I respect him for. I respect him for. I hope it works out for him. But Iowa had two pick sixes in this game. They won 21 nothing. two pick sixes. Like, if Iowa's defense was not as good as what it was, would then have Brian Ferentz been fired? Because Iowa wouldn't have won eight games. Is that how this would have worked? Josh Gaddis in Miami's offense last year with constant rotating at quarterback because Tyler Van Dyke couldn't stay healthy. And Jake Garcia, I think, just transferred to Missouri. Would then would then have he been fired? Would we have these stipulations or these uh, performance objectives for him to reach? Had Iowa's defense? So we're not even talking about the offense anymore. We're not even talking about the offense. Like, if Iowa's defense wasn't as good, then we're having the conversation on if Brian Ferentz should be fired. Is that the is that what some people are trying to say out there? I said it the entire season. This offense wasted a really good defense. And you're going to be like, oh, well, look at the Ohio State game. Ohio State absolutely blew them out of the water. But the problem is, when you're playing a team like Ohio State, and you throw an interception, not on the first drive of the game, the first play of the game, it kind of makes things difficult for your defense, especially when you put up 49 yards passing in regard, or at least your leading passer 49 yards. I guess I guess should say 81 yards passing as a team when your leading rusher having 31 yards. That's not going to cut it. And the thing is, CJ Stroud didn't even have a good game that day. He had a good game. Like you look statistically, he had a pretty solid game: four touchdowns, one pick, 286 passing. But he didn't play very good. If you watch that game, that was not one of C.J. Stroud's best games. Just from an eye test standpoint. Josh Gaddis gets fired for averaging way more points offensively. So Iowa averaged, or not way more, they averaged a touchdown more a game. Touchdown more a game, essentially. What was the total yards again? Sorry, I can't remember what the exact yards. Iowa averaged 251, Miami was at 367. So basically 130 more yards per game with a touchdown more, and their OC got fired with constant quarterback changes. Tyler Van Dyke, again, got injured earlier in the season, had a shoulder problem. They were putting a lot on his plate early. They were putting a lot on his plate. Like there was games this year where he had over, he was three games this year he had over 40 pass attempts. One game he had 57. He got hurt in the game against Middle Tennessee State and then barely did anything in November. Played November 5th and November 26th, and that was it. Like Tyler Van Dyke was not, if Tyler Van Dyke was playing the entire year, maybe we're talking about this differently. But Miami's got a new OC coming in. The Ravens, playoff team. Again, different, different levels. I understand that. Quarterback injuries. 
Not even just for Lamar. Tyler Huntley got hurt last year. Anthony Brown had to come in and play. Fired OC. Byron Leftwich has an aging offense with a 45-year-old quarterback and no off the line with his center tearing his Achilles. I think it was his Achilles. Week one, I think, Ryan Jensen came back and played in the game against the Cowboys, but he wasn't there the entire year. Fired. And Brian Ferentz gets one more chance. One more chance. And I think the dumb thing is they know he won't be able to reach this. They know he won't be able to get 25 points a game. This is being nice, essentially. Which is stupid. <laughs> Brian Ferentz is essentially what Matt Patricia was in New England. Like, that's my best example. Like, Matt Patricia is not qualified to be an office coordinator by any stretch of the imagination. Not only because he sucks as a coach, he's a defensive guy. He's not even, even an offensive guy. Brian Ferentz never called an offense, and then he all of a sudden just comes to Iowa, weirdly, as the OC now. And people were talking about, oh, Brian Ferentz is going to replace Kirk in one day. I still find it funny the only two jobs in coaching Brian Ferentz has had in both in New England and in Iowa, which for those of you who don't know, Bill Belichick had Kirk Ferentz on his staff in Cleveland. So that was connection there. And the other the other Ferentz is still playing in New England. Like, notice how Bill Belichick always brings back the fail. Like, you leave the nest, you come right back. Josh McDaniels came back. Joe Judge came back. You have uh, Bill O'Brien coming back as the OC this year. You had Matt Patricia come back. All from mess-ups from past teams. All come back. So if Brian gets fired from Iowa, I guess he's going up to New England. Or maybe not fired from Iowa, because he's, uh, what, he steps down from Iowa? It's gone to be terminated next year. And, uh, by God, this team's going to average 25.1 points per game or something. <laughs> it's like, and it's going to be... All defensive touchdowns. But they met the obligation, so that means that Brian gets to keep his job. <laughs> I want to know, like, is there a way on ESPN where they could tell you how many defensive touchdowns Iowa had last year? Is that a thing that I could pop up? I don't think so. Yeah, it's not popping up. Whatever. I don't know how to look it up, but <laughs> just the bowl game alone. They were four points away from meeting the the obligated score, and two of their touchdowns were pick sixes. <laughs> so dumb. So dumb. Just kick his ass to the curb. Kick his ass to the curb. And Iowa's easily going to win seven games next year. I already We went over the schedule. There's no way they're not winning seven games. They don't have Ohio State and Michigan this year. and this, like They played Ohio State and Michigan last year and still got seven games. Seven wins. They're not winning just seven games this year. I would be I would be honestly shocked, given how easy the schedule is, if Iowa didn't uh uh what do you call it, win nine games. You look at their schedule. There's not three teams or four teams they should lose to on the schedule. You say Penn State possibly being on there. We'll see how they are. I mean, they were just in the Rose Bowl, just beat Utah. Sean Clifford's coming I don't know if is Sean Clifford coming back for his nineteenth college year. See how that one turns out. Parker Washington's gone, which is big. Wide receiver. Jair Brown, gone. Big. They did bring back their left tackle, which was really big. Like, they should beat Utah State. They should beat Iowa State. They should beat Western Michigan. Penn State's up in the air because I'm sure it'll be at night. They should beat Michigan State. They should beat Purdue. I think they should beat Wisconsin. Should beat Minnesota. Should beat Northwestern. Should beat Rutgers. Should beat Illinois. Should beat Nebraska. They should beat every team on the schedule. The Penn State one's the only one I'm, like, questioning it. They'll find a way, though. 
Damn it, they will find a way to lose all these games somehow. But what did Kate, Cade McNamara just said something on Twitter? Like, or so, someone uh, said a quote of Cade McNamara. What did he say? Hold on. I mean, he has that whole keep calling us the shittiest offense in America will surprise you. We are going to find the end zone this season. That's from Cade McNamara. We'll see. <laughs> oh, man. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I expect no changes in our staff moving forward. He's one of the greatest coaches of the offseason. We'll see. So if – oh, what is this? <laughs> Cade McNamara has entered the transfer portal after Kirk said, I anticipate no changes in our staff moving forward. I think we have – I think we do have a terrific staff. You have some really good staff members. I will give you that. You do have a terrific staff on some members. That's all we're going to say on that. <laughs> oh, man. It's fun. It is fun. But um, one, one thing I want to do here – is because I was just scrolling on Twitter. I thought of this last night because I think this would be kind of fun to do. Uh, I when I do a mock draft and stuff, I look at like other things. Like I go to different mock drafts. I try to find different quotes from different people. Go to different team reporters to see what they like. Because some of these people are mostly all of them are more connected than I am. Surprise, surprise! Most of these people are more connected than I am. I can I have all my notes and everything. For players I personally like. But the thing is, again, with these mock drafts, it doesn't matter what I like. It really does not matter what I think they should do. This is what I would do. Or no, if I was them, like, I'm trying to take myself out of it. I try to put my head, my mindset in, this is what I think they'll do. Not this is what Logan would do if he was in that situation. This is what I think they'll do. Like, there's people in this latest mock draft. I have it all typed up, at least for the picks. I don't have the descriptions all written out yet. But when I do these different mock drafts, like, Twitter's a very good resource for this kind of stuff because you see all the different quotes from, like, Senior Bowl. We'll talk about the Senior Bowl in a little bit because I forgot to talk about that on Monday. And I realized that after I got done recording. I'm going to actually pull it up right now so I just have it ready for me so I can <laughs> so I could talk about it. But um, or I could just go on ESPN, I guess, with that. Hold on. I just got to make sure I have it up so I can make sure I don't forget. I mean, I had it up last time, too. That didn't really help me any, but I go on Twitter and I'll like search players. Like I'll search specific players and go like, oh, what is this? What is people saying about this player? What's people saying about this player? What's going on here? Because I'm not a fan of every team. So I've got to make sure I know what the fans think they want because people that watch this team week in and week out will obviously know better than me. Like I do not 100% know what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or like the Detroit Lions are going to do in the draft. So you have to like Google players and go like, hey, what did the fans think of this guy? And I'll search like, just an example, Bryce Young Lions. So let's see what if, what Lions fans are saying about that. Because 90% of the time if you search that, it's going to pop up with Bryce Young and then Lions will be in there somewhere. So what we're going to do today, it's a brand new idea that I've thought of. I'm going to go on Twitter. This is kind of like a Stay Woke Wednesday throwback thing. Remember when we used to do that back in the day when COVID first kicked off? I'm going to go on Twitter and search quarterbacks and see what different people are saying about the let's just go top five quarterbacks next year's draft. So right now, so we'll, we'll exclude Hennon Hooker. We'll exclude Hennon Hooker because he's hurt. So for this list, we're going to look up Bryce Young. We're going to look up CJ Stroud. We're going to look up Will Levis. We're going to look up Anthony Richardson. And just for fun, Tanner McKee. Because I don't think... I'm, I'm interested to see what Twitter thinks about Tanner McKee. Because one thing Twitter has taught me throughout the entire draft process is that statistics are the only thing that matters. And Tanner McKee... The likes of Tanner McKee, 
the likes of Will Levis, the likes of Anthony Richardson did not put up great numbers. So we'll see what happens on here. And Twitter is obviously a very great space for, you know, the smartest people of our world to come together and, you know, share share opinions and share facts and stuff like that. And I'm seeing this. We as an organization, Colts, this is Jim Irsay tweeting 27 minutes ago. The coaching search would be open-minded and thorough process. The final decision would be strictly based on what is best for our franchise success and best for our fans of Colts Nation. There's commas in here that are kind of weird. Final decision coming in days, not hours. So we'll see what happens there. It's going to be, it's probably going to be, uh, yeah, boy, Jeff Saturday. So we're just going to scroll in here and try to find some things that are funny. Like, and I'll look, I'll look at the context of tweets as well. So I'm not just going to leave someone out to dry and go, oh, man, this guy said this. I got to go up and see what else they're talking about. That's what, that's what it's all going to be. So the, this one right here. So probable focus, uh, like serious question. Do mock draft, do NFL mock draft writers actually watch college football? And it's a pro football focus thing of Jim Weber. Who I like Jim Weber's account. I like Jim Weber. This is what he said. It's the Colts. Um, what do you call it? The Colts need or the Colts pick in this mock draft for pro football focus. The Colts are desperate in need of a franchise quarterback and can't afford to wait to see who's available at four. Instead, they move up all the way to one. Take Will Levis. Bryce Young is more polished and probably better quarterback. But general manager Chris Ballard loves traits, and that's what Will Levis has going for him. It's a risky pick, but the Colts must swing for the fences to compete in the AFC South moving forward. And he said, serious question, do NFL mock draft writers watch college football? Ben Sanger tweeted, uh, quote tweeted that. Trubisky is to Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson what Will Levis is to uh, Young and Stroud. Also, can we collectively agree to the ban the word traits from talent analysis? This is not talent analysis. Yeah, that, that kind of is what talent analysis is. You got to find things that can make you think that this guy could become something. And when you're analyzing talent, the only thing you can base that off of, I mean, you could go, sure, you can go off statistics. You can do the statistic route. But traits is what ultimately defines talent. Because Josh Allen, traits-wise, is more talented than a lot of quarterbacks that were in that draft in 2018. But there were people out there tweeting this exact same thing. Exact same thing. Like, you could say the same thing Josh Allen is to, what, Darnold and Rosen, to what Mitch Trubisky is to Mahomes Watson. I'm not saying that this is an exact science where it's like, Will Levis is Josh Allen. This is this. I'm not even searching. I didn't even search Will Levis for this one. I know Will Levis would have been a more fun one, but I was looking in order first. Like, they even mentioned in here, Bryce Young is more polished and probably better quarterback. Like, it's mentioned in there. Chris Ballard, like, you're ignoring certain factors in there. Like, Chris Ballard loves traits. We have read a quote from Chris Ballard talking about the best traits available. We have read this quote before. It was a quote from last year's draft. Bryce Young, I'm sorry, does not possess elite, quote-unquote, traits. Bryce Young is super talented, but he's not very big. So when you look at a guy like Chris Ballard and look at a guy like Will Levis, that's the type of person he wants. Like, talented out, you think you can uh, push him further than what he's currently at right now. And if you watched Kentucky last year, they were not fun to watch. They are very not fun to watch. And I understand in a game like Tennessee where they have a very bad passing defense, or not great passing defense, Levis threw three interceptions, no touchdowns. Very bad game. But there's no off the line. There's no weapons. He has a new off the coordinator. So you got to understand there are other factors in here than him. Oh, he's just bad. That's not always the case. Sometimes it is. 
Sometimes it is. But you see these athletic traits that you look for, and like he's got the size, arm talents, uh, athleticism. He got hit a lot, broke his foot, dislocated his finger, still kept playing. Like these are things teams are looking for nowadays. Do I think Will Levis is a better quarterback right now than Bryce Young? No, I don't. I think Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this draft class. And if he was two inches taller, again, we wouldn't even be having a conversation about who the best quarterback in this class was. I mean, no conversation. We'd be talk- The thing we would be talking about is if Bryce Young enters that conversation with the Elway Lux and Lawrence category of quote-unquote unskippable prospects. You can have the best QB in the world. Guess what? You could have an even better one potentially there for you. This would be a conversation the Bears would have to have if Bryce Young wasn't 5'10", 170, 175 pounds. I know he's listed at 6'194", but that's the, that, that's the you're taking out key things. I don't really like pro football focus. I've been very vocal on that on this show. But that one I have no issue with because you have to see what they're talking about. I watched every single game Will Levis played this year. We made up freaking posts. All right, I guess I missed one week. I didn't make a post for these one week. I think it was like week 11, week 11 or 12. But you can read those. Like, I've watched these games. These are not, I'm not just talking out of my ass when I'm talking about Will Levis and all these different quarterbacks. From what I saw this year, Will Levis is not better than Bryce Young. But you look at the future, what you could develop them to. You have more room to grow with Will Levis because of his size. You might not like that, but that's how a lot of these teams are going to be viewing this. Then we've got, let's keep scrolling. Am I crazy for liking C.J. Stroud more than Bryce Young? I think Stroud's the best QB in this class. No, I don't think you are. I don't think you're crazy for that. Let's see what people are saying. There's three people that respond to this. So we got one guy, the Zim Zone. The Zim Zone. He's got a picture of Mike Zimmer's profile. He doesn't look like a slam dunk number one. No, slam dunk one overall to me, but he's clearly the best quarterback in this class. Clearly, well, who's... Is he saying Stroud's clearly the best quarterback in this class? Because I wouldn't say clearly. Definitely wouldn't say clearly. Bryce's accuracy alone is reason enough to take him, in my opinion, but Stroud has a better frame. Stroud's more accurate than Young. Stroud's more accurate than Young. That's that's the fact. So I don't, like, Bryce Young is, I'm not saying Bryce Young is not accurate, but Stroud is more accurate than Young. Rare W, he looked like, he looked like that to me, clear QB1 in my eyes, the QB1 in the class to my, to my eye, really weirdly worded. Hold it, let him cook. Like, the thing that that thing that's throwing me off here is when people respond agreeing to that and then saying things like clear QB1. I don't think you could go either one. If you're going between those two, you can't go clear QB1 because Bryce Young is was a better college quarterback and worked with less. He worked with more last year, arguably. Actually, I wouldn't even say that. No, he didn't. He had Jameis Williams, John Mechie, and that was and Brian Robinson. Got Jameer Gibbs this offseason, but you look at some of the pieces they had on offense for Alabama this year. They don't compare at all to what C.J. Stroud had at Ohio State. And that's going to be another thing you have to think about in this draft process as well, where you are getting drafted. Young and Stroud are guaranteed at this point to be top 10 picks. I'll go top 10 because obviously things can happen lead up to the draft. Things get injured like that. David Ojabo tore his Achilles during the pre-draft process last year. I don't wish that on Stroud or Young, knock on wood, of course, but things can happen. But at this point in time, they're guaranteed top at least top 10 picks. You might even make an argument top five. But when you're getting drafted by these teams that are picking a top 10, more often than not, you're not going to a good team. So this is one of the situations where, are you a product of your team or are you the reason they're being good? That's another thing that kind of comes in this whole situation. Is Stroud the reason for Ohio State's success or would they have been good with any other quarterback? Would Kyle McCord be as good as C.J. Stroud? 
Will Kyle McCord put up the same numbers with Marvin Harrison Jr. that Stroud did this year? That's going to be the question here. I think Young working with Le- – and that's another thing why people like Levis. Comparatively, Levis had the worst recruit, worst uh, supporting cast out of the top three guys for most people. Because obviously Anthony Richardson will be up there too. And you can make an argument even over Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson might have had the worst. But he had a better offensive line than Levis had. But we'll see. I don't I don't think clear I think clear is a really weird I don't I don't like how people word that. I don't like p- clear. Bryce Young is widely regarded the best quarterback in this class. Uh and D'Amico Ryan's hired Houston. Okay, that's that's not one. Uh there was something on here about him being short. Hold on. Uh I wish he'd be I love Lance Zerline. This is a Texans fan. I love Lance Zerline. He released a mock draft today. I would. I just wish he'd be more open-minded with C.J. Stroud at two. He's a Bryce Young or bust kind of guy. It seems like. What if the Texans end up signing a veteran quarterback in free agency? That would change your mock draft. Would that sh- that would change your mock draft boards or not really? I want Stroud. Well, you can want either one. I I think the Texans at this point would want Young. I think at this point in time, I wouldn't be surprised with Stroud. I think Stroud, given his religious background, I think would fit in Houston in regards to the front office that they have there. So I think that'd be something there. And he's obviously the more prototypical size-wise quarterback, but I just think Young's better. I don't think – and there's no clear here. I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying Young is strides above C.J. Stroud, but if you – like, the the thing is the exact same thing. What if the Texans end up signing a veteran quarterback in free agency? Like, that doesn't change the fact they're probably going to draft a quarterback at two or one, wherever the hell they pick. But that that doesn't matter in this situation. They're going to draft a quarterback. They're going to draft one. If they don't, I'd be surprised, but they're not. They're going to draft one. Bryce Young is 5'8". I'll pass on that QB. On that, I'll pass on that for QB. What he? Who did he respond to? So the Panthers trade up to one. Who should they draft? I think they're going to draft Stroud if they draft somebody. But Bryce Young is 5'8". I'll pass on that for a QB. I don't. I, I mean, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Uh. Draft Bryce Young and ruffle some feathers then. Who is he responding to? Oh, it's the the Bears taking uh, Stroud. ESPN's latest mock draft had the Colts trading up for one for Bears. Bears getting a fourth, 35th, fourth rounder, and a third rounder. They're going to get two first rounders out of that. They're going to get two first rounders out of that. Bryce Young. Oh, this one could be good. Oh, man. Here we go. We've got a good one. We've got a good one. I didn't see this tweet originally. It's someone else responding to it. Bill O'Brien has us all thinking Watson was on par with Mahomes. Watson has looked trash without without OB. If O'Brien couldn't make Bryce Young look good in college, what makes y'all think he'll be any good in the NFL? Oh, and Bryce has a small-ass frame. How the hell did that get 12 likes? How'd that get 12 likes? Like, what? Bryce Young, he couldn't if couldn't make Bryce Young look the, like the dude didn't become Alabama's first ever quarterback to win a Heisman. Bryce Young didn't look good in college, won a Heisman. Okay, did this guy respond? I don't know. There, He hasn't responded to any of the tweets, so that's kind of interesting. But that, I agree with this guy. Bryce Young did looking good in college, question mark. Can't believe that's a real tweet. Yeah, I don't know if that's a, I, that can't be real. That can't be an actual take someone's had. It cannot be an actual, t- someone actually believes that. Oh, he goes again. He goes again. What makes you feel Davis Mills can be a good, and we've had, seen two full seasons of NFL ball with him, Bryce Young being bad. Has zero correlation with Davis Mills being bad. Okay, there's no way this guy actually believes that. There's no way he actually believes that. 
I refuse to believe that's something that he believes. Bryce Young is not a good quarterback. Okay, he tweeted the fish, uh, fishing emoji. I don't think that he either is trying to be a troll or he actually believes that and then said, man, I'm getting cooked, so I'm going to post the, the fishing emoji or a fishing gift to try and see if, like, ah, oh, he got us good. He got us good. Man. What is this? I, okay, here we go. NFL rookie watch. Try, yeah, okay, we got the, the accuracy there. I like Bryce Young, too. Definitely concerned about his size. Like most people are, if Young shows up at the combine 25 pounds or heavier, two inches taller, I'll feel less worried. He's going to gain more weight, though. More weight. Forgot the T. I like that Bryce Young and Stroud are working out together right now. Yeah, I think that's good. I think that's good. I saw some uh, Anthony Richardson's working out with um, uh, Malik Willis. That could be interesting. And then, uh, okay, we got... Oh, this, this I love this stuff. So Paul Feinbaum tweeted, Senior Bowl executive Jim Nagy talks about Stetson Bennett not being in mobile for the weekend. Talking about the Senior Bowl. And then one guy responded, it's a, a hashtag go dogs is in his uh, Twitter name. He's one inch smaller than Bryce Young. Go figure. They're not comparable. Do not try to sit here and tell me you're trying to compare Bryce Young and what Stetson Bennett. Don't do that. They're not comparable by any stretch of the imagination. How the projected NFL first round will go finish after their first year in the league. Richardson, Young, Levis, Stroud. I, Richardson's got to go to a play. I don't think Richardson's going to play this year. I think he needs to sit behind somebody. Whether that's in Detroit, whether it's in Carolina, whether that's in Seattle, whether it's in Washington. I mean, he could light it up this year. And some people say the best way to, to learn is trial by fire. So maybe that'll be best for him. Oh, what's this one? What is it? Okay. What is it? Oh, geez. This is a whole thing. Huh. That, that's t- just Titans fan. What is this? Oh, there we go. Draft price on put fields at running back. Deadly combo. Nice. <laughs> okay. I believe they're waiting to interview some coaches. Wrong there. Coaches, the senior bowl may be the enemy. From the Super Bowl, maybe be enemy. For this is the Texans. This is from an hour. Wait, what? Hashtag Texans. I believe they're waiting to interview some coaches from the Super Bowl. Maybe Eric Bieniemy. Wait, what? Oh, is there OC? I was, I was, I don't. Would the Eric Bieniemy accept an OC job anywhere else but KC? I don't think so. I think he'd want to be a head coach somewhere else. Uh, Bryce Young has some Patrick Mahomes traits. May not have the arm strength, but some same pocket, same type of pocket present. And off-platform throws uh, from different ang- arm angles. Hashtag Texans. Yeah, I agree with that to a certain extent. He doesn't have the arm. He's not as strong of an arm as uh, Patrick Mahomes, but he definitely has the same tendencies in regards to be able to move around the pocket, step up, make throws off-platform. The thing with Young that makes it interesting is a lot of Young's throws are on a line. That's where a lot of his throws are. So he'll have to get that somewhat coached. I'm not even saying that's like a necessarily a terrible thing, but it's definitely something that he need to improve on. Then we've got what else? Um, I think that's pretty much it. That if Bryce Jones four inches taller and fifty pounds heavier, he'd be up there with generate. Hey, we just talked about this. A fellow, as a fellow vertically challenged man, after watching it, Smitty tear it up, tear up the league for ten plus years. I trade the farm for Bryce Young with all conviction. Who is what's he a fan of? Oh, he's a Panthers fan. Who's Smitty though? After watching Smitty tear up the league for ten plus years, that J, is that is that Steve Smith? He's a Panthers fan, so I'd assume that's Steve Smith. Better than Bryce Young with talking about C.J. Stroud. Levis is overrated. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson are all better than him. Uh, that's like your opinion, man. Okay, let's go with C.J. Stroud. Let's see what people are saying about Stroud. 
Stroud was drafted in the first round by the Raiders and lasts longer. Wait, wait. Hold on. Send me your finest best sell hold suggestions for tomorrow. I don't know what that means. It must be some show. But someone responds, CJ Stroud was drafted in the first round by the Raiders and lasts no longer than three years in the NFL. I would say that would be fine to us. Like, if we're talking about, like, if we're just, just trying to spout a, a hot take just for the sake of spouting a hot take. Like, Josh Rosen's been in the league for three years or longer. Josh Rosen is a grade-A douchebag. So I don't think there's a... Like, Stroud, by all counts, is not a cock. Like, as I, by all accounts. I've watched him get interviewed. He seems like a very good dude, very introverted person, which is the exact opposite of Josh Rosen. I Bryce Young, or CJ Stroud, be longer in the league than three years. Stetson Bennett is drafted in the sixth round and plays for at least 12 years with 10 as a starter. Yeah, that is interesting. Tweeted four minutes ago, too. As a lifelong Titans fan, I pray I pray to God the Titans get Stroud. I mean, good luck. I, I did see, though, We talk, I think we talked about this Monday, about the Titans being one of the teams talking about training up for number one for the Bears. So we'll see if that one actually takes place. Who the hell knows? But uh, as much as I would like Rodgers, man, if you're the hashtag Raiders, you got to go all in on C.J. Stroud and bolster the defensive free agency in the draft, along with drafting help at guard at, help at guard both, both of them. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. If, if C.J. Stroud's available, it'd be hard for the Raiders to pass on him. Definitely be hard to pass away. Simple draft C.J. Stroud at number three. Is he responding to a Cardinals page? He is talking about a Cardinals page. That's something. I, I'm actually surprised I haven't seen more people on Twitter talking about them drafting a quarterback. I'm actually pretty surprised I haven't seen that. Mills haters. He sucks and can't do anything. Young Stroud fans. Draft draft Bryce Young, C.J., but fix the O-line, draft some weapons, and, uh, and get a good blocking tight end. Make it make sense. What? Hold on. Texans fans will run off CJ Young Stroud so fast if he is thrown into the same people, throwing to the same people Mills did. If you take a QB, you need to take a receiver one. I agree with that to a certain extent. I always like when teams draft a quarterback and then draft a receiver in the same draft. Like, you look at the Cincinnati Bengals have done it twice. They did it with Andy Dalton and A.J. Green, which congrats on retiring A.J. Green. One of the If he stayed healthy, we'd be looking at A.J. Green's career a lot differently. That dude was a baller when he was healthy. And then Joe Burrow and T. Higgins. We'll just talk about where T. Higgins gets traded, if he does get traded. I, I like when teams do that, generally. I think that's a very good strategy to implement. I think it's good for chemistry. You're, you're together to your entire careers, essentially. At least the start of it, which is where you need to learn. Like, Pickens and Pickett, I think, could work out very nicely. Hopefully. But, yeah, I I agree to a certain extent when talking about Davis Mills is going to look... I don't know. It, it's it's hard for Davis Mills because I don't think he's that bad. I don't think he's that bad of a quarterback. But it's one of those situations where they're going to draft one. They're going to draft one. If Davis Mills had better weapons around him, would he have been better? But, yeah, every quarterback would have been better with better weapons around him. That's just common knowledge. You get better players around you, surprise, surprise, you're a better quarterback or a better player in general. You get a better quarterback, wow, you're a better receiver. Wow, it's crazy how that works out. But, yeah, I – I, I, it'll be weird for Davis Mills, but Bryce Young or CJ Stroud are both just better than him. It's not even like a thing of hating Davis Mills. They're just naturally better than Davis Mills. It's just a fact. I, I like Davis Mills. I thought he was good at Stanford. He didn't play a whole lot. I think he played 13 games like four years or three years or something like that. But he had spurts. He had little spurts in his time at Stanford. But, yeah, we, we'll see about that. But DP asked JJ Watt a question about Kyler Murray. I'm not going to click on the video. And with all this Rodgers talk, it makes sense. 
makes me want CJ Stroud more. This is drama queen stuff. Locking yourself, locking yourself in a dark room to figure out if you want to make $60 million next year. To play a kid's game is ridiculous. I love when people diminish football to a kid's game. <laughs> That's like, That was like uh, Dana White talking about soccer being a kid's game because kids play it. That is, that's the same thing. That's the same thing. Where do you take C.J. Stroud? Stroud at one, Stroud at three. Who who are we talking about here? Who is this Who is this fandom? Stroud at one, Stroud at three. Oh, for the Titans. Titans taking C.J. Stroud at one, at three. That could be interesting. Teams being very stealthy about C.J. Stroud. This is a response to uh, Sam Block. I've seen Ohio State, C.J. Stroud linked with the Colts, Texans, Titans, Raiders, Seahawks, Panthers, Falcons, Lions, Bears, and more. What's clear is... This, multiple teams want the Buckeyes quarterback or people are just trying to throw shit at the wall and hope it sticks. Like, I've seen Bryce Young with the Colts, Texans. I mean, the thing is, Stroud's draft range is different than Bryce Young's. More people are expecting Bryce Young to get drafted in the top two than Stroud is. Like, that's the the general consensus. So you're only going to see teams like the Texans and the Colts in that conversation. And maybe the Panthers, if they trade up that high. Like, the Falcons, Lions... I mean, we had the Lions taking CJ or Bryce Young in the mock draft we did back in December. It's like it all Bryce Young's been linked to all these linked with the Bears. Like, you can t- say that about Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. That's just this is how it works. Yes, the Panthers will win the CJ win the NFC South new QB Stroud or Bryce Young. I don't think that's actually far off. I don't think that's that far off actually. I mean, that's like the the NFC South is a dumpster fire. That's the best way to describe the NFC South this year. Just a, an absolute freaking dumpster fire this year. Yeah, I mean, it is. That's pretty much when people say arm talent. It's about how hard you can throw a football or how far you can throw a football. Usually, usually. I think Stroud is the most accurate. Where you're talking about arm talent? Like when someone says arm talent in baseball, are you talking about Aroldis Chapman or are you talking about R.A. Dickey? Like, both are, te- I guess you could technically classify that as arm talent, but they're throwing two different things. Like, Will Levis has more arm talent than C.J. Stroud. Anthony Richardson has more arm talent than C.J. Stroud. But Stroud's more accurate than both of them. Best top choices, straight up for Stroud, draft Tony, draft Tony, oh, Anthony, or draft Tony Dick at nine, yeah, Richardson, yeah, okay, uh, and patiently develop him, I don't know what other people, then we've got, let's just go, let's go to Levis, let's go to Will Levis, where's Will Levis at, this one's gonna be interesting, this one's gonna, okay, here we go, this is from 49 seconds ago, this is fresh, Great team. Oh, this is talking about, um, geez, sorry. This was about the Hendon Hooker. That's not, we're, gonna, we're not talking about Hooker today. Couldn't agree more. No idea whatsoever why guys like Levis and Anthony Richardson are being being touted as top prospects. Well, Richardson, you just need to watch him. In regards to his natural ability, Anthony Richardson is one of the most talented quarterbacks in this class, if not the most talented quarterback in this class, given his size, arm strength, running ability. Like, he's more, like, Florida ceiling difference is the widest in the draft by far. By far. Like, not even close. But I've said this before. I think Anthony Richardson could definitely get up into that number one draft pick, number one conversation after the combine. Then we got, uh, this is only, okay, here we go. Former NFL draft scout, NFL scout Daniel Kelly believes Louisville meet Cunningham belongs in the first round discussion based off game film. No, not really. Kelly went on to say that if team can't land Lamar Jackson for HC, they should draft Malik Cunningham. They're not the same player. They're not the same player. Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback than Malik Cunningham is. Malik Cunningham is as athletic and as as lengthy as Lamar, but he's not Lamar. And you definitely don't need to draft him in the first round. You could probably draft him in the sixth round, if we're being honest. So if you don't get Lamar, then draft Malik Cunningham in the sixth round. This is almost as stupid as drafting Will Levis in the top five. I don't think it's dumb. 
but he's not Lamar. Like this, just because he went to college, is black, and is an athletic quarterback, does not mean he's Lamar Jackson. Stop, stop. Uh, Will Levis and Anthony Richardson are a huge risk based off a lot of mocks. CJ and Bryce going to be off the board by six. I don't know. I don't know about that. If the draft stays that it is, we're having a different conversation because that that's if it stays as it is, which it won't, which it won't. But uh, yeah. As a lifelong Colts fan, nothing makes me feel happier than hiring Jeff Saturday permanently and drafting Will Levis. That's a recipe for success. Obviously, that's a joke. Obviously, that's not serious. I, I, I don't, no doubt in my mind that's a joke. As a Raiders fan, seeing you project Will Levis to us legitimately made me want to vomit. Wow, that's a that's a pretty shocking response. You should pick me because I'm the only one who can who can convince Ballard that Will Levis ain't it. I would take Will Levis over the two bums mentioned in the comments. Who are the two bums mentioned in the comments? Oh. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I would take Will Levis over the two bums mentioned in the comments. What? Who are the two mentioned in the comments? I don't know what he's talking about because he tweeted a picture of C.J. Stroud, so I thought he was talking about C.J. Stroud. I guess not. One of the Colts to select C.J. Stroud, not Will Levis. Okay, that's that's fair. You can have, You can think that. If we take Will Levis, dude, dot, 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 dot. Hell yeah, Jim. We appreciate you doing your due diligence to make sure we're willing to trade up to number one to get Will Levis. That's our franchise guy right there. Again, that's that's not <laughs> – that's uh, that's somewhat uh, being uh, – what do you call that? They're they're bullshitting. <laughs> what are the odds Will Levis and Anthony Richardson have a better career than Bryce Young and CJ Stroud? Um, I don't know. Again, depends on the situation they're drafted in. That really depends on the situation they're drafted in because those guys, more so Richardson – which is this is another thing I think I find kind of funny. Like Levis, they're talking about Levis needs time to adapt in the NFL. Levis is the oldest quarterback out of these four. Young Richardson and Stroud are all twenty-one. Young, Levis, I think, twenty-three. So this is an interesting conversation about who will have better careers between these guys because they're all going to develop differently. They're all going to go to different teams with different skill sets, different coaches, stuff like that. We saw how detrimental a guy like Urban Meyer can be. I don't think anybody's hired a coach like that this offseason. Regards to. Wow, this could be really boomer bust. So, I don't know. I what are the odds that they have a better career than him? I would give it like I don't know. I think there's about a it, better than both of them. Better than both of them. I bet it's like a 15% chance. 20 15 20% chance. Because I think these guys are both talented. And they're both really talented. So, it's just a matter of where they go. It was Will Levis comparison to Zach Wilson will drive me to insanity. I've never seen that comparison. Ugh, especially when Colts territory best-selling jersey is of a player, I think, who has very limited upside as a passer, still hoping for Will Levis. I will beat that like a drum. Who are they talking about? I, I don't I, – that one sounded a little more – that one sounded a little bit more true. That one sounded a little bit more true. Start bench cut, Levis, Richardson, Hooker. Ooh. Ooh, tough, but the only clear choice here is cut Levis. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't think it's a clear choice. The thing is, what are the comments to this? What are the comments to this? Start hooker, bench Richardson, cut Levis. Start hooker, bench Rich bench Levis, cut AR. Start hooker, bench AR, cut Levis. Start hooker, bench Levis, cut Richardson. Uh, One AR, two Will, because he's the only, he's only a little, wait, what? Because he's only a little injured and three hooker because he tore his ACL and not able to play. What's hard about this? I mean, sure, but I don't know. I think if we're talking about upside, I think Richardson is the highest upside. I've said that a thousand times. I think Anthony Richardson is the highest upside, but I think Levis is tools-wise, 
really fun. I think Richardson with the ace or the hooker with the ACL injury is going to be big. Hooker uh, going to a different offense is going to be big. Tennessee's offense is very well equipped to hooker strengths. So we'll have to see how he develops there. Will Levis is another Trubisky and AR-15 will be as successful as Johnny Manziel. Huh? <laughs> a little, little different quarterbacks, Richardson and Manziel. Wow, okay. Will Levis another Mitch Trubisky. That's probably Will Levis' ceiling, isn't it? Like Josh Allen's Trubisky. That's probably what we're talking about here. But I've said this before. I think Richardson's closer to Josh than Levis is. Levis just white. That's the only difference. <laughs> we're talking about comparing those two. Then uh, let's go with it. Projected. We already talked about that one. Josh Rosen, Will Levis, when they meet in the million-dollar game. I, I don't know what that means. So, <laughs> uh, good. This is excellent for y'all. As a lifelong Titans fan, so 100% give up three first-round picks. To move up to the first overall spot for Will Levis, prayers <laughs> prayers and fellow Titans fans. Prayers up, fellow Titans fans. Titan town or whatever your motto is. Okay, so that's not. <laughs> what are your What do you want about your franchise is about to draft Will Levis at four shambles? What you talking? You're talking like a British person, Vrabel, Huppel, and Ten Hag. <laughs> what kind of connection is that? That's the weirdest connection I've ever seen. Titans, Vols, GGMU. I don't know what the GG is. Or Glory, Glory, Man United. Okay. Titans have elevated Tim Kelly to office coordinator. Dice said hello. Well, Ed said, and then the guy gave him an elite response. Or not. <laughs> Oh my god. I mean that's better than Will Levis. Who are you, who's better than Will Levis? Oh, two people deleted their tweets. Um sucks. I wanted to see what they said. Holden Allers Ailers is going to be a lot higher than people realize and and will be what people thought Will Levis was. And clowns say Will Levis is better than CJ. Will Levis touch is horrible. He couldn't dream of making this pass. Is this the rollout pass? No, it's not the rollout pass. That's a great throw. It's C.J. Stroud. This is from last year. It's a throw to Jackson Smith and Jigba. Throws it basically between three defenders. Yeah, C.J. Stroud's insanely accurate. C.J. Stroud's easily the most accurate quarterback in this class. I'm a strong supporter of build a team before you get the QB. The Texans can draft Bryce, C.J., or Will Levis. Any team, any of them could be great QBs, but it won't matter if they don't have a receiver for him or if he has to put up 30 a game because his defense sucks all for this pick. You know what? I don't. I actually don't mind that. I don't mind this. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. For oh God, someone traded up with the Saints all the way to first overall to get Will. Le- How would you manage to trade up to first overall without trading the fourth your second round pick? That wouldn't happen. How would you manage to keep a third round pick too? You have the 29th pick. You're not trading up from one to 29 and keeping pretty much your entire draft capital after that. That's, okay, that doesn't make any sense. Okay, this is an F minus. You traded AK for Will Levis essentially. Uh, Alvin Kamara for Will Levis essentially. Oh, they traded. I didn't even realize they traded Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara, 29th pick. Okay, the Bears would need more than that. That's stupid. Uh, 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 oh, uh, uh, <laughs> automatic F. All right, let's move. Wait, what's this guy say? Not draft Will Levis. This is going to be a bust. I, I love those tweets. I absolutely love those tweets. So, yeah. Oh, this guy. This guy came to the defense of Pro Football Focus here. Josh Allen with an absolutely atrocious college stats and tape was taken at five. He wasn't taken at five. He was taken at seven. But that's not important here. Yeah, it's just a uh, yeah the the bust thing before you even get drafted is really really stupid. I hate when people do that. It's one of my least favorite takes ever to go out of on a limb and go like this guy will be a bust. Awesome. Like I remember watching ESPN after Daniel Jones got drafted, 
Max Kellerman bitching for about an hour about how the Giants were going to be set back so far because they drafted Daniel Jones at six. And now we're talking about giving him a contract extension, giving him a $30 million a year contract. Like, what uh, this? It's really weird how things change. Just don't even bother doing that. Don't bother doing that. It's just fine. You don't need to go on a limb and try to be right. And then you could, the only reason to tweet that is so you can post and go, like, look how I was right. I'm smarter than these NFL guys. You're not. Just, so stop. Big serious. You can't tell me Anthony Richardson fits on any. You can't tell me Anthony Richardson fits on any team. He has to be in the right situation to develop. He's played all but one season. I, I, you know what? I think that's. So someone said I really like Anthony Richardson, but his bust potential is probably the highest in draft. Not probably it is. He reminds me of Malik Willis last year. The potential is there, but he's ultimately boomer bust. No, they're not. We've talked about this on the show before about comparing Richardson to, Le- to Malik Willis. They're not comparable. They're not comparable. This is another lazy like just because they like. I hate when people do this. So, I liked Willis last year. I like Richardson this year. They're not the same. Richardson's bigger. Okay, that's one big thing. He's about four inches taller, maybe three inches taller than Willie Willis is. He's 10, 15, 20 pounds heavier. He's got a stronger arm. You look at mechanically, Richardson's so much farther along than Willis was. And he's playing in the SEC where Willis was playing in Liberty in an independent team without a conference. Like, they're not comparable. They don't play the same. I mean, Richardson runs more than Malik Willis did. Richardson's a freaking tank. Let Willis, uh, to be a, to be fair, is kind of a tank in his own right. He's like a, a Jalen Hurts body style thing. But they're not comparable. They're not comparable. But Willis's big issue was mechanics. Richardson has all the mechanics in place. He just needs to get the decision-making down and get trained on being a proper quarterback. Willis wasn't that. Willis wasn't that. And... Fam, are you serious? Big serious. Nice. Uh, is Hendon Hooker right now better than Anthony Richardson after five years development? Because Hooker will probably go may probably be twenty six by the time. He, um, is Hooker right now better than Richardson? Draft prospect? No. Draft prospect? No. So, yeah, I don't. I I think Richardson's better than him as a draft prospect. He's also the best GM in the Okay, what dude probably won't play until he's twenty six? Is he better than Anthony Richardson? Will be five years down the line. Would someone respond to this? This right here. Yeah, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I don't think that's crazy to say. Helen Keller either didn't exist or people completely over-exaggerated her inabilities. What? Oh, that. why is that? Oh, it's an Anthony... Good Lord. Raiders bandwagons, the Twitter account. Anthony Richardson, soon emoji. I uh, couldn't agree more. No idea whatsoever by guys like Will Levis and Anthony Richardson being touted as much as top prospects. Just watch Richardson. That's all I'll say. Gotta be trolling. Uh, Hennon Hooker right now is better than Anthony Richardson after five years. Develop- okay, that's the tweet we saw earlier. Anthony Richardson will be a fancy bust. Well, why does that matter? It'll be a fantasy bust. Cool. Uh, will Levis and Anthony Richardson are in huge risk. Yeah, we've already read that one. Anthony Richardson season. Anthony Richardson is more like Josh Allen. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I've said that before. Anthony Richardson is more like Josh Allen. He is. You look at the tape. They're pretty much, they do a lot of very similar things. Anthony Richardson's a little bit more athletic than Josh Allen was or is. But it's not like they're insanely different in regards to how they did last year. And Anthony Richardson played in a better conference. Uh, Richardson, you are a Colt. Richardson is going to be as in the silver and black. Whoever drafts will be Richardson will be very happy. I think it's funny to see the discrepancies between Richardson and Levis. I think that's kind of funny. How people are treating Levis's draft stock and Richardson's. I think they both got similar-ish ceilings. I think Richardson's might be a little higher, but they're about the same. Anthony Richardson going to Tampa Bay is interesting. Rebuild for sure. I wonder if they will will have the infrastructure to place and actually deep, actually develop Richardson. 
If Dick and Cal weren't trying to appease the fans, who do you think they would draft? Okay. Well, Anthony Richardson is not developed. Who are you responding to, my friend? What is this? Who, like that? He developed more. I don't know. He's. I don't even know what that guy's trying to say. I'm not reading all that. They better not watch his tape on Anthony Richardson. May drop off the drop him off the board. Who's this guy? Oh, the the QB school guy. Anthony Richardson could be nice. I love Stroud, but I don't see it. I love Stroud. Stroud's in all caps. Why is Anthony Richardson even on this list? Who are you talking about? Because he's good. It's it's the four quarterback thing again. Uh, I'm finding myself more and more getting sign wait more and more getting on the sign Stidham and Bennett or Brissett and trade back in the draft. Wait, what? I'm finding myself more and more on getting sign getting the on the side Stetson. Jeez, I'm not. I'm not even gonna try to read that. That's worded so weirdly. What about Anthony Richardson? Lions have capacity to develop him. I think they do. I think that Lions actually might have the the best way to develop Anthony Richardson at this point in time, given Goff's there. Uh, him and freaking Jamison Williams would be really fun. They have a run-first offense, too. They'd be very good. They have a really good offensive coordinator. They have a good O-line, and he wouldn't be need to play. Jared Goff played really well this year. He wouldn't be the sixth pick, but like 18th, or if they trade up from 18, that would be the option there. Vikings are going to trade for Anthony Richardson. Doubt it. Uh, what else do we got here? Anthony Richardson to Tampa. Buck to back up Kyle Trask. Let's go. Anthony Richardson and Jimmy Garoppolo are not even remotely close. Similar. Well, who said that? What? This is an interesting one. Oh, the, Lamar. I hate this. Lamar. I saw this yesterday. Lamar Jackson was twenty-one. The Ravens drafted Anthony Richardson's twenty-one. LJ was six foot two, two fifteen. When drafted Richardson's six foot four, two thirty-six. Both QBs are walking playmakers. Very similar styles. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're not similar styles. Richardson's bigger than yeah, yeah than. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is more accurate than Anthony Richardson at this point in time and was when he was coming out of the draft. Anthony Richardson has a much stronger arm than Anthony Richardson. Or no, Anthony Richardson has a much stronger arm than Lamar Jackson, even now. Like, we're comparing now. 26, 25, 26-year-old Lamar versus 21-year-old Anthony Richardson. Richardson's got a stronger arm. They're not... They Anthony Richardson would be able to fit the offense they run, but they're not very similar. They're both athletic. That's pretty much it. Like, throwing styles... Richardson's and Lamar are not the same. They're not the same. Thought this guy was a perfect fit. Clout, really a disease. Hopefully the Ravens can get a long-term done with Lamar, but both sides can't agree on the terms. Three or four first-round. Wait, what? And another team offers three or four first-round picks. Jimmy Garoppolo would be perfect fit for Baltimore. Game manager, not turning the ball over. Trusting our defense and run game. Jimmy Garoppolo is not. <laughs> that's, a, that, I don't, I, that's a weird comparison. So someone said, spoiler alert, there could be more than one perfect fit. Shocking news. For you to grab, to grab, <laughs> I know. Anthony Richardson and Jimmy Garoppolo are not even remotely close to similar play styles. Spoiler alert, no shit. So how are they perfect fits? Spoiler alert. <laughs> this guy loves spoiler. Both both of their game styles, despite being different, work with different work with good defense and run game. Any more stumpers for me, Jimmy? Get a haircut. Nice. Original, just like your profile pick. Not original considering I'm just here, just... I'm sure you hear it all, not original at all, considering I'm sure you hear it all the time. This is, this guy's weird. This guy's really, this is an ugly-ass logo. Flockville, that is one of the ugliest logos I've ever seen. Good Lord. You need my boy Chris to get on you with the logo. <laughs> uh, Joe Millen played better than Anthony Richardson. No, he didn't. I mean, probably did, because he plays in a better, way better offense, but that's beside the point. LMLO, you can't be serious. Not Anthony Rich, not the Anthony Richardson I watched all season. 
again, development is key. You got to be able to develop. Josh Allen right now is not the same Josh Allen he was at Miami. George Kill right now is not the same George Kill he was at Iowa. Like development is something that happens. Good lord, Levis overrated. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, or Alberto Hill. We already said that one. Yeah, that, I, it's might have some competition. I fear who you're. Oh, just Seattle, Seattle, CJ to Seattle is what his Twitter account is. If the Raiders trade up to number five, trade up will be to five for Anthony Richardson. Ziggler is very intrigued by Richardson. It's it's interesting to see how all these different Twitter accounts work these days. Very intriguing. I find it very intriguing. Anthony Richardson will end up being the best QB in the draft. I could see it. I could see it. Who do you prefer, Richardson or Levis? I don't know if I've ever said this before. I, myself, I think the ceiling, again, is higher for Richardson. Richardson's probably my favorite just quarterback in the draft. I'm not saying that he will be the best, but I think he's got the potential to be the best. That could be very wrong. That could be very wrong. I, I see the potential in Levis as well, but I think Richardson's he's got a stronger arm and he's faster. So just going off traits, I mean, that's uh, that's pretty much how it would go there. Unpopular opinion, but give me Richardson. I want the QB with the highest ceiling and Richardson legs. Give him relatively manageable floor. Being a part of the run game until he cleans up some of his pa- some of his technical issues. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes it interesting. It certainly makes it interesting. Because there were times this year where Richardson looked on. And there were other times he looked off. <laughs> but I like him. I like Anthony Richardson. We're not going to do fifth one. We're not going to do the fifth quarterback here. Because I, I, we're, we're already going long in the tooth as it is. We're already at, jeez, we're at almost 100, uh, 100, an hour and 20 minutes. So we're, we're, we're pushing for time here. We're pushing for time. Do I have anything else I really want to push on here? Is Mahomes already a lock for the Hall of Fame? Yes. Uh, that's something I saw today. Then we've got Iowa. Okay, we got the Iowa thing out of the way again. Is there anything else? Is there anything else? I think that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it that I, I want to talk about today. It's a really boring show. Like, this is probably the most boring show I've done in a while. <laughs> I can't think of any other shows that have been like this boring. What are, Do I have a Super Bowl quiz we can do? Super Bowl quiz? Super Bowl passers? What is that quiz? What is this? Can you name the players who have attempted to pass the Super Bowl? Oh, jeez. Okay. Um, 93 players in 10 minutes? A player that attempted a pass in the Super Bowl. Okay. Let's try it. Let's try it. 10 minutes. Go. Last Super Bowl. 56, which is LVI. Right? <laughs> Joe Burrow, running back. Did Joe Mixon attempt to pass? He did. I was not aware of that. Stafford attempted a pass. Cooper Cup attempted a pass, too. Yeah, okay. Then we have LIV, last Super Bowl, the Super Bowl before, I guess, Mahomes. Then uh, Garoppolo attempted a pass. Then I hate that they're Roman numerals. I really hate that they're Roman numerals. Oh, Tom Brady. Okay, so they're not all together. Uh, Goff, tight end, that is Burton. Trey Burton. Then we have Nick Foles, obviously. Wide receiver in the Super Bowl, LII. Who was, that? Who was the Super Bowl for that year? Nick Foles, did Edelman attempt to pass? He did. Oh, an L.I., an L.I. Super Bowl. Who would have attempted, did uh, Slater? I feel like he would be one to attempt to pass. Someone else attempted to pass in that Super Bowl for the Patriots. L.I., who did they play in that Super Bowl? Was that Ryan? So that's Matt Ryan in that Super Bowl. Super Bowl 50, Manning, uh, Wilson. Quarterback in Super Bowl 50, did Osweiler attempt a Super Bowl, a, t- a pass in that Super Bowl? 
Got to make sure I spell his name right. Okay, so it's not Brock Osweiler. Quarterback in Super Bowl 50. Who would have been the backup to Peyton Manning at that time? I can't think of one. I can't think of who it is. I hate that this is Roman. This is actually pissing me off that Roman numerals. Cam Newton attempted to pass. Um... Wow. I'm, oh, no. I, wow. Super Bowl 50 was Cam. <laughs> I'm just stupid. We have the Mannings on here. We have both the Mannings on here. I This this is really throwing my brain off because I don't look at this as like <laughs> the the Super Bowl. No, I hate the Roman numeral thing. I'm hating this Roman numeral thing. Because we've already done the quarterbacks list. You can know I can name most of the quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, but I can't. I cannot. My brain is not processing the Roman numerals right now. Who would have been before Russell Wilson Super Bowl? I'm 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 completely blanking right now. Who would have so Super Bowl? We already have Tom Brady gone. Russell Wilson's gone. I cannot think of the quarterbacks in these past Super Bowls because I don't. I never looked at these Roman numerals before. This is really messing with my. I like the year. Get Jim Kelly out of there. We'll get Montana out of there. We'll get Steve Young out of there. We'll get Brett Favre out of there. We'll get Neil O'Donnell out of there. We'll get Phil Simms out of there. We will get John Elway out of there. <laughs> we will get Drew Bledsoe. We will get Chris Chandler. We get Joe Theismann. We will get Doug Williams. We'll get Brett Rippin. I spelled it wrong. Rippin. <laughs> Who else has played a Super McNabb? <laughs> Delome. I mean, I usually go in order. I'm just spit firing at this point. Uh, Brothersberger. Spell it right. Roethlisberger, <laughs> Warner. Then we've got what other Super Bowls out there? Antoine Hasselbeck. I want to get this this far right side done first, though. Who is compete? Who is playing the Super Bowl this decade? Uh, why am I blanking so hard on who played in the Super Bowl this decade? Kaepernick. He made. He played in the Super Bowl. Attempted to pass. Joe Flacco attempted to pass. Then we have who would have been Drew Brees, Grossman. <laughs> Uh, L X L V X L V. Who would have played in that Super Bowl? Do I have the other quarterback? X L V. That was Roethlisberger. Rogers. Aaron Rodgers. X L V I I I. X L V I I I. Russell Wilson. Who did Russell Wilson play in the Super Bowl? We Peyton Manning, and Cam Newton. Did someone else play in those Super Bowls? It's not Brock Osweiler. I've already checked Brock Osweiler. I just got to check if I spell it right. So I spelled it a bunch of times, but I could. Okay, it's not. It's definitely not Brock Osweiler. Then we've got XXXVII. That would have been well Johnson. Yeah, then Gannon is the other one. Then we've got XXXV. Uh, Dilfer. I already talked about the boys of Baltimore with Kerry Collins. Then Tony Banks. I'm pretty sure played in the Super Bowl. Yeah. He played. He was on that Ravens team. He got benched for Trent Dilfer. Uh, McNair is on there too. Then we have gotten. Who would have been before? Uh, we got. Did I already guess Steve Young? Okay, Aikman. I did not guess him. Then we have Stan Humphreys is in there. Then we have who would have been Steve Young's backup at the time? It wasn't Jeff Garcia then. Who else would have been that? Been in that Super Bowl? I don't remember. Because there's four quarterbacks, apparently, that played in that Super Bowl, the 49ers Chargers, and I cannot think, or five. Steve Young's already on this list. So there's someone that's already played at that Super Bowl, and I don't remember who the hell they are. Did Gilbert play? 
Yeah, Gail Gilbert. He was he's been on five Super Bowl losing teams or four Super Bowl losing teams or something like that as a backup. Because he was in the he was with the Bills and then he lost to the Chargers too. But I don't know who the other quarterbacks are in that Super Bowl. Uh Reich played in the Super Bowl. Then we've got running back wide receiver. Doug Williams. Doug Williams beat Elway. Would because Gary Kubiak was Elway's backup. Yeah, Gary Curry Kubiak threw past in the Super Bowl. I don't know who else was Elway's backup at that time. Don Strzok. <laughs> we already found Don Strzok. He did attempt to pass in the Super Bowl based off yesterday. We know or Monday show. We know that one. We have Greasy. Then we have Marino. Then we have. I've got four minutes left. I got fifty three to ninety three. This is pissing me off because I can't. Like, who else would attempt to... Oh, Hostetler. Etler. Jeff Hostetler. Then we have XXIII. Who would have been before the Kelly Super Bowl? Uh, Esiason. Again, I can never spell Boomer Esiason's name right. So I got I got it. This is the only name I ever, like, really can't spell for how long... How much I've seen his name. I'm actually surprised how upsetting it is that I can't spell his name. Uh, who else? Roger Craig. Would he have thrown a pass in the Super Bowl? Uh, who else would have been up there for X, XXII playing Doug Williams? Doug Williams played John Elway. We have that one on here. Who was Doug Williams' backup at that point? It wasn't Brett Rippon because we already got that one down. Wasn't he Schuler yet? I can't think. Did I, I already have Brett Rippon down? Okay, yeah, okay. XXX or XX, Dan Marino. Who would have been after that? Montana would have been in there. Jaworski would have been in there. Oh, he's no, he was before. <laughs> who would have who would have been in Super Bowls in the nineties? Vince Ferragamo. We already we did that one yesterday because he was a losing Super Bowl quarterback. So Vince Ferragamo is in there with the Rams. Then we have Ken Stabler is in there. We have Bradshaw is in there. We have Staubach is in there. I got to spell his name right. Then we have Tarkenton. Then we have uh, we have Bart Starr. We have Dawson. We have Daryl LaMonica. We have Craig Morton. He's in there twice. We have Earl Morrill. We have Johnny Unitas. We have Joe Namath. We have Super Bowl One. Who else was playing in Super Bowl One? Who's Bart Starr and Len Dawson's backups? Oh, uh, Ed Podolak, I'm pretty sure, threw a Super Bowl pass. Pod Olak. Ed Podolak definitely played in a Super Bowl. I, I I know this because I did it for, I believe, a trivia question. I guess he didn't. I th- he definitely did. He came in for a championship game at quarterback. We got 68 out of 93. And the, it's just the Roman numerals. It's just the Roman numerals. I cannot think. Who was Russell Wilson's bit? Did Matt Flynn play in the Super Bowl? Did, um... Tavares Jackson played. Oh, Tavares Jackson did play in the Super Bowl. <laughs> then we've got, okay, we've got a lot. 69, LOL, is 93. XXIX. Who was that Super Bowl? It was Garrett Gil- Gail Gilbert, so it was the Chargers. Steve Young is already on the list. Who else was in this Super Bowl? I don't know who else the 49ers had at quarterback in that Super Bowl. Then we've had XXII, Doug Williams. Who was Doug Williams' backup? That's the. It's really pissing me off. Who was? No. Uh, X X X. What is that Super Bowl? Super Bowl before the Giants beat the Broncos. 
was Anderson. Did I put Ken Anderson on here? No, I haven't. Dan Marino. Oh, McMahon. Jim McMahon. Tony Eason. Then it would have been, because they both had two quarterbacks come in. I just threw up Jim Harbaugh. 90, 72 out of 93. I'm really upsetting myself right now. Then we have VII. <laughs> I'm just completely lost. I guess Theisman. XIII. Who was in that Super Bowl? I'm completely blank. I'm I'm done. 72 out of 93. I've got four seconds left. Three, two, one, zero. What is it? Zeke Bartkowski, Pete Bethard, Babe Perilli. Joe Cap should have gotten that one yesterday. Billy Kilmer should have gotten that one. Bob Lee, Danny White, Robert Newsom, Norris West Weesey, Lawrence McCutcheon, Jim Plunkett. Ah, Jim Plunkett. Yeah, I forgot. He won two Super Bowls with the Raiders. Forgot about that. That one's I'm up. That one's I'm upset about. Jay Schroeder. Jay Schrader. Yeah, I should have gotten Jay Schrader. Should have gotten Jay Schrader. Steve Silwell Sewell. No. Elvis Grabak. <laughs> we we mentioned him already. Bill Musgrove. Danny Amendola for the repass in the Super Bowl. I, uh, man. Well, I mean, seventy-seven percent. The average percentage is sixty. It's thirty-six. But like Jay Schrader, I'm actually mad about Jay Schrader. I I know who Jay Schrader is. Elvis Grabach. I mentioned him earlier, so I should have gotten that one. Joe Cap talked about him yesterday or Monday show. Jim Plunkett. Uh, yeah, won two Super Bowls with the Raiders. Was a backup at the start of the year, I believe, both times. Then <laughs> got put in the starting lineup. We'll take it. We'll take it. And with that, I'll end the show here. This show has been an absolute travesty. <laughs> this is one of the most boring shows I've ever done in my life. At least for me. I don't know if it is for you. But, I, well, I had somewhat fun doing it, but it is mostly boring. It's boring stuff. But we'll we'll talk to you guys on Friday. We'll try to get a guest on for Friday. We'll see if it actually happens or not. We got full Super Bowl stuff on Friday. Stay tuned for that, and I will see you all later. Peace.